This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And we are here once again with another question from you, one of our listeners, and we're so glad to uh, receive your questions. You can always send any question to us on our uh, page, our website, wonderofparenting.com. That's wonderofparenting.com. And there's a submission form there where you can send us a question. You can also ask questions over on our Facebook group, uh, Wonder of Parenting. Just hit search for that, hit the join button, and we'll let you in and you can participate with other parents in uh, wrestling with the questions that you have about parenting. We've got another great question for you today, and uh, we're going to get right into it. It's, uh, we've called it the time anxious son. So let me read the question. So you get a feel for why that is. My six-year-old son has been increasingly anxious about going to school. He would be having tantrums about not leaving early enough for the before school care. This started in October and now it's impacting evenings when we're getting ready for bed. During COVID or during the COVID school closures, he learned to tell time and keeps an eye on the clock. We think this time-conscious anxiety is related about being late and missing out. We don't know what he's going to miss out on, though. An example of his tantrum is when it gets close to our departure time, and I appear not ready to go. He's on the floor crying or panicking. My husband and I try to assure them that we won't be late. I feel like he doesn't trust our timing or ability to get him there early enough. It's beginning to impact other time-related activities that he's involved in. We're afraid it will increase in all aspects of his life. We're not sure if it's a personality, uh, if it's personality-related or if we created this time-conscious child. We have tried different methods to tackle it, reassuring, consequences, reward, distractions, talking, etc. Your advice is much needed. That's a very, this is an interesting one, Michael, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really ex- anxious, <laughs> to use the word, to hear what you have to say about it, what, what insights you've got. Mm, yeah. Well, as I, as I look at this, um, I wonder if he, if, if there's something going on in him that, well, I mean, my suggestion is going to be to go, for them to go talk to someone uh, maybe start with pediatrician, but then maybe it moves to someone who could make an assessment, if needed, of uh, this child to see if he is developing, um, I mean, it's some kind of anxiety issue or disorder or even something something else. I mean, is he on, on a spectrum? Is there is there something going on uh, and that in his brain and it, he is relating it to time? Um mm-hmm. But you know, there's there's something going on in his brain that needs some looking at by um, by a professional. Needs some assessing. So that would be my first suggestion. If this is if this is what I uh, what I think they are saying. What I think they are saying is that that he the night before is is having anxiety, and then the morning of he's having anxiety, and then in other 
events in their their life, you know, other time-related events. He's having anxiety. So what I'm hearing is three or four episodes a day. Mm -hmm. That is enough in a six-year-old for me to suggest uh, talking to someone. Uh, so I think that's probably the most important thing they can do because that person that they talk to who will assess their child or or at least talk to them and they'll give more detail that person will have suggestions you know we'll say all right let's do an assessment or we'll say um no there isn't enough here for that uh why don't you try some of these things which which i will get into here in a moment but but i do think it's possible that he's developing something mm -hmm. so if he is developing something then you know the the strategies I'm going to give may well not work. They won't hurt, but they may well not work because we got to do is get a diagnosis and try to figure out what's happening with him. And six is relatively young for to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, but it happens. Yes, it does. And and it is possible, um, in which case there is help for that. So, okay, that's the first thing I'll say before I go into anything else. Yeah, I, th I think that's really helpful. And, and I would just say as a... a, a person who suffered from anxiety disorder, um, I can look back on my life and remember some instances even back when I was that age. And uh, so, oh, yeah, okay, I remember that. Now I remember that. So it is, you know, and who knows what triggers it or what starts it. Uh, at least I never figured that out. Um, but your advice to to sit down with someone who maybe understands that is really, really helpful. Because uh, you, you, certainly if there's an anxiety disorder building in this child, you don't want that to grow and, and to get worse. So that's really good advice. Now let's assume mm -hmm. that maybe he doesn't have this. He's just sort of, you know, all the stuff about COVID closures and now he's got to go back to school. There are just some things that he's wrestling with that's made him not maybe an anxiety disorder, but he's just anxious, overly nervous about being on time. What are some things that parents can do to help him work through that? Okay. Yeah. Now the next thing we would move to is the combination of his genetic personality, mm -hmm. you know, how, as she hints at, she says, is his personality related? Well, yes. I mean, there's no, no doubt that there's, that he has some of those chromosome markers, whether he has an anxiety disorder or not, he's leaning, his personality type and his genome is uh, leaning toward the possibility of being anxious. And then, you know, it's triggered. So it gets triggered. All of our thing, you have anxiety, I have depression in my family, you know, all of this, all these genetics will get triggered. And so um, uh, they've been triggered for him, and and uh, and 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 he will be a little on the worry or anxious side probably in life, as part of his personality. Ultimately, he'll use it as a success tool, right? Because he'll gradually learn, like we all do, to work our, work through our personality issues and enhance, you know what's very functional our personality and work through the stuff that impedes us and turn it right? Turn it into purpose, turn it into life calling. So, so this family will probably be helping him in with this all through his life, because his personality already leans this way. And so that one of the things they can do is, is look at their family. So these two parents, but you know, the bloodlines, look at all the bloodlines and, and see who else had this, who else at a young age became anxious like this, maybe even became anxious around time. Uh, or, you know, became anxious around other things. What, how did those people function? How did they work through it? How did they succeed? Um, because he's got some of those, those same genetics. So I think she's really smart to be thinking about 
personality stuff. Secondly, let's look at trauma. So is there, if all of this started, um, and it could be COVID trauma, a lot of ki our kids have COVID trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, and COVID lockdown trauma. So maybe it's it started then when 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 COVID school closures happened. Uh, trace back, when did this start? Uh, let's say at five, they didn't see this. Now I have a feeling they're gonna actually realize that there's been a little of this all the way along. But let's say maybe at five, no. But now at six, yes. So something happened after he was five, and and for the sake of this conversation, let's say it's COVID lockdown, that triggers him and, and there actually was trauma for him. And for someone else listening who has a 10 year old or 12 year old, you know, who's going through the same thing, it's really good to try to figure out if there was trauma because, and then, then you're gonna be looking at trying to heal the trauma. You're gonna be really working with the child to, to say, okay, this, this was a trauma for you. So this caused a lot of fear for you. And so now you're always afraid and and you know do you notice that and you're always afraid when you think we're not going to get there on time well that happened because and i'm making this up right because i haven't seen this child but i that happened because there were those that month where you didn't get to go to school you didn't make it on time that was a real mess uh you lost a lot you disconnected from your friends you you know so obviously i'm just making things up but however this fits the parents can help try to figure out if there was trauma and if there was trauma then they work with the trauma so you've got three elements potential of anxiety disorder you have working at looking at the trauma and then working back and helping that and then uh, you have okay this is your personality so we're going to help you work around this um, by studying the other people in our family who had this and using their strategies. So there are three things I would say. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And of course, wanting to be on time is a good thing. So that's something that they'll want to build on. Uh, they just don't want to be obsessed over, you know, being on time all the time. Um, so uh, are there some things, some practical things in that they can do uh, in terms of schedule setting, uh, in terms of preparation the night before? Uh, what are some things that they can do to... Um, not feed into the anxiety, but to at least help alleviate some of it. Yeah. So getting into getting into practical strategies. So setting everything aside the night before, you know, everything's prepped. Uh, his lunch is, is set up. If he goes back to school, his books are all set up in a certain place. You know, whatever is needed, his clothes are all set up. So 
So setting everything up the night before so he can look at that and go, okay, you know, okay, next tomorrow morning, there won't be any chaos. I'm going to put these clothes on. I'm going to pick these things up. So that's one thing that he, that he can do and that they can coach him to do. Then um, reality checking the parents. She says, she says, did we create this time conscious child? But then she doesn't say, are they, are they chaotic, right? So if they are chaotic, Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. that makes him anxious. So if they are chaotic, then what they would do strategically is they would clean that up and see how that affects him. And by that, I, I mean, they would set a timer and they would um, be ready to go at, again, I have to make this up, at 7.30, which gets him to school at 8. And they would they would do that for a week or for two weeks. And then they would reality check with him and say, okay, now do you notice we are on time? It's always on time. So that chaos does not exist. And they would experientially uh, fix that chaos if they're creating that. I don't know what they are because she only hinted. But mm-hmm. but if they are, they would they would set things aside the night before. They would prep the house and the and, you know, they would prep it so that they can leave the house at 730. And that gets him there at eight. Um, and that would clean that up. And then the third the third strategy I would suggest is for um, definitely the use of clocks and timers that that that's absolutely good to set alarms is, is absolutely good. Um, and then when they if if and when this gets cleaned up, you know, because some of this could be a, f- a phase. I mean, there's no no doubt that kids go through phases. So if it gets cleaned up and and there really is no reality-based reason for this you know this is now a month later because they've experientially proven that they get to school on time or they log on on time for a whole month then uh it's i think worth experimenting with cutting out one of the timers just to see if he trusts you know to see what his level of anxiety is um or his obsession level you know with time to see what it is but for a month or two, I think everyone needs to clean everything up. And that's going to help them from a practical standpoint. That's going to help them actually a great deal in figuring out to what extent this is something OCD or something anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, or or even it's a phase. Right. All right. I, I have a couple follow-up questions to that, but first I want to take this opportunity just to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we wouldn't be coming to you week after week if it weren't for them. And uh, our good friends up in the Seattle area uh, at the Center Place of Hope with Dr. Greg Jantz and the wonderful work that they're doing there to help people with anxiety issues, eating disorders, depression, uh, not only through their clinic, but through the great books that Greg has written. You can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com. There's a link to the center, A Place of Hope, and we hope that you'll check that out. Really, really excellent resources there for you. And then uh, for boys uh, who are struggling in their teens, uh, we have our Forge School, who has been a great sponsor. And Michael, you've been working with them uh, recently, and what can you tell us about them? Yeah, the Forge School in Tennessee, uh, 55 Acres River, they use adventure therapy there. So it's for 14 to 17 year old boys who are having issues in, in school, who are, you know, in traditional school, who are having um, mental health issues, um, anxiety. Um, it's a res- it's residential, so boarding school. And they use adventure therapy. They have, you know, ropes courses, all, all the things that you uh, that you use in adventure therapy. So that, that's really an add-on or a value added 
they're not only doing the normal great stuff you do with teen boys to help them with self-regulation, to help them with trauma, um, uh, but you add on adventure and uh, in, in a very boy-friendly way. So if you go to wonderofparenting.com, uh, look for that Forge School link if you know of a boy 14 to 17 who needs that help. So uh, obviously I'm much older than the six-year-old boy, uh, 63. Um, but in the years of the research that I did for myself to get better from my anxiety stuff, one of the tactics was, for lack of a better word, face the fear. And to think through what is the absolute worst thing that can happen to you that you're anxious about. So for me, um, what triggered my anxiety would be traveling somewhere to make a presentation the next day, knowing people have paid me. Uh, I've got to get enough sleep so that I, you know, I'm good, I'm perfect, all those things. And that that um, performance anxiety, so to speak, or pressure I would put on myself, then of course I wouldn't sleep very well at night. And so, you know, one of the techniques was, all right, what's the worst that can happen? You maybe get an hour or two of sleep, you speak for two, three hours, you're fine, you get on the plane, you sleep on the plane. What's the worst that can happen to you? Now, he's six years old, so he doesn't know what the worst is that can happen to him, but is there some strategic way for parents to articulate with their child, if you're late, what do you think will happen? And how would that play out? Yeah, he may at six be able to have that conversation. Um, yeah, I, it's, I think that's absolutely worth trying. And um, and it heck, it might. It, this is really experiential, but he, he might. The parents might let him, you know, be late mm-hmm. a couple times so that he can see that. Oh well, what really wasn't a big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think either of those could be tried. Absolutely. The other thing is, and and uh, because I, I thought your suggestion on the timers and so on was really good, but uh, at the same time, um, he seems to watch the clock. She says he's learned to tell time and keeps an eye on the clock. Um, how do you, uh, in this case, help him get back into the moment, right? He's not in the moment, so to speak, as they talk about, for especially for anxious people. We're always up ahead. What's going to happen if? What's going to, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? So he's always watching the clock. What if I'm not on time? What if I don't do this? Is there, is there wisdom to removing clocks from his life? Or will that just stress him out more? Well, I, th- I think... You know, I, I based on this email, if he has some significant anxiety issues, I I think the clocks right now in this moment, I mean, certainly they should try anything. They're the parents. They should try it. Um, but I just get the sense that they'd be fighting a battle that they don't want to fight right now without finding out whether he has anxiety issues or sure. whether he has something else going on because sure. he's got the clock set up as a kind of coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And as long as they... As long as the, as long as chaos is not created, in other words, as long as when he sees the clock turns to seven thirty, and then they get in the car and go, um, uh, then the clock's okay for now. You know, mm-hmm. if he's watching the clock and and they know they have to leave at seven thirty, but they don't leave till seven forty five, and then he's late for school. Okay, then the, then the clock is just killing him, right? Right. Um, but if they clean up the chaos and do their part right now to test out what's going on with their son, if they have no chaos there, um, they leave the house at 7.30, that means he he copes. He watches the clock, clock hits 7.30, they leave the house. That's a ritual for him that helps him. 
Um, so it might be worth not taking away the clock right now, but mm -hmm. then after a month of everything going well, you know, then, then experimenting with taking the clock away. Cause you're right at a certain point, um, I mean, unless there's a disorder that's going to have a different sort of treatment that someone else will diagnose at a certain point, if we're talking about, um, sort of anxiety, uh, uh, then he is going to have to face these fears. He is going to have to get back in the moment. Um, uh, and, and they are going to have to take away some of these coping mechanisms and try to help him to cope on his own, uh, internally. But I don't know if now is the right moment. Right, right. Well, that's, that's good. That's helpful. Because for, for people who suffer with anxiety, oftentimes we need that one thing that sort of gives us control. Uh, because anxiety is that feeling of being out of control. And for him, it may be the clock right now. That clock sort of controls uh, his movements. And, and you're right, you, you take that away, and then he's lost all sense of control. Yeah, at least right now, until they get get some kind of assessment of him because mm -hmm. again i i want to say that i'm hearing i am hearing them saying that this is that this kind of a tantrum and 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 fear you know this sort of internal trauma that this is happening like three four times a day yeah uh another activity the going to school you know and another activity and and she says he's on the floor crying and panicking so man i don't think right now we want to increase that by taking the clocks away <laughs> no, no. but i but i think it is a clue that uh three or four times a day it's that's the clue to me that mm -hmm. something's going on and the the tantrums then would be his way of trying to express what's going on in his body and his mind when he doesn't have the words for it yeah what is what he, yes absolutely what his brain is doing is i'm i'm you know his brain the amygdala is swelling up he's really anxious other parts of the brain are swelling up in the midbrain and and it's just you know it's overstimmed there's nothing the brain can do except try to experience express and then expel the fear um and and we want to remember anxiety is fear you know mm -hmm. he's really scared mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. his brain is in a fear mode and um and for whatever are the neurochemical biological genetic whatever the reasons his brain gets into a fear mode and uh and he, it's all he can do to expel it with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Now, I had, um, I, I passed on th this great gift of anxiety to my kids. And uh, one of the things that I learned, of course, from my own experience and then raising my kids is that on the one hand, you want to take their anxiety, their fears very seriously, even though the fears seem irrational. And, and usually anxiety 
it appears to be irrational. There's there's no rhyme or reason for it. On the other, so you want to take that seriously. On the other hand, you don't want to feed into the anxiety um, and uh, you know make it worse by becoming obsessed over their anxiety as well. And that's a real difficult balance uh, when you're a parent trying to help your kids to say, "Yes, I validate your fear, but I don't want that fear to control your life, and so I don't want to keep feeding it and making yeah. it worse." Yeah, no, you're right. No, you were. I think you were still going to say something. Sorry. Nope, nope. That was it. That okay. Was my pontificating. I, well, no, you you have a lot of experience with this. Your wisdom mm-hmm. is really, really important. Um, I I agree with you completely. At a certain point, as as this as everybody's brain disorders, all of us with our brain disorders, you know, me with the depression. I mean, as all these mm-hmm. things, as we move through our childhoods, and our parents help us, and our family systems, and counselors, and others help us. They will. Part of what they will do is help us to compartmentalize mm-hmm. um, and manage our our brain disorder, you know, and um, uh, or our our anxiety, our depression, whatever it is. They are going to help us to compartmentalize it and then redirect it. So um, uh, this is a six year old right now. We have to assess what's going on, etc. But yes, at a certain point, the parents are going to set a course, hopefully with some support from other professionals and and family members, and they're going to set up a kind of course for this child. And they're going to, they're going to reflect back. Okay. You know, okay. I can see that you're afraid right now. You're really anxious. You think that, um, you know, you think that we're going to be late. Um, and do you notice last month we haven't been late. And as you, Tim said, do you notice we were late that one time, nothing bad happened to you. You know, um, so so uh, how should we redirect this anxiety mm-hmm. you have? Mm-hmm. Because reality is okay. How should we redirect it? Do you think, how, what about using this fear and anxiety you have to do better in school? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you be anxious about getting those C's and those mm-hmm. D's, you know? And I'm just sort of making this up, but that's yeah. what's going to happen. They, they know their child, so he may be getting A's, but they're going to see an area. Maybe it's athletics. They're going to say, okay, um, uh, you're very, very anxious um, when you don't win or whatever it is. Okay, let's redirect that. So what they're teaching, what they're going to teach him to do is compartmentalize and redirect. Compartmentalize it so that it doesn't knock him out all the time, right? So that he can still function well in life and then redirect it toward uh, something that is good for him. And he will probably, as you've said, let's say it's athletics, he will have to face his fear. And this will be a gradual process and and will be they will build resilience in him like every parent has to build resilience into every child no matter if they have no anxiety if they have no disorder or whatever you know you still have to make resilient kids and so they are going to make this kid resilient and they'll they'll reflect and adapt his anxiety to fit his life purpose but it's going to take time yeah and that's a really good uh insight to end on it's going to take time and, um, you know, God bless you, parents, for seeing it now and getting at it uh, and not ignoring it. And, uh, you know, hopefully some of this advice has been helpful for you uh, to help your son navigate that. So, Michael, thank you, as always, for your great insights. Mm, thanks, Tim. And thank you. Every, yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you enjoyed the program, make sure you tell your friends about it. And we will be with you next week for another edition of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.